We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I will be your host today, Scott Kennedy. Nick Kendall is on location. We'll go 30 minutes or so, depending on the chat. I said that yesterday when I was doing a podcast and we went for a full hour. So we'll see how things go. See how active everybody is here. See what questions you might have for me. We'll see what kind of answers I have for you. We want to talk some Broncos injuries. We want to talk some Washington Commanders game. We want to talk overall feel of the team. Um, there are plenty of questions that we didn't quite get to through the week that we've got time to get into them now. As Facebook, YouTube, and those algorithms are reaching their tendrils out into uh, the, the universe out there, I want to say hello to some folks that got in here nice and early. Uh, it was quite busy, so this might take just a second uh, as, as we're opening up the chat here. But Kevin Gray was in here nice and early. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Big mile high salute. Uh, like I said, Nick won't be here, but that doesn't mean you can't wish him a good morning. So good morning to him as well. Um, <laughs> David Youngkin says, I didn't watch the week one game, so I just want them to learn how to finish a game when they have a lead. That's not much to ask. David, I heard a stat that blew my mind when I was listening to the game. I think it was... Um, I listen to the radio version and then I watch it after it uh, just because I'm not in Denver. I'm, I'm uh, in Atlanta. And they said the Denver Broncos have lost eight straight games in which they had the lead at halftime. My goodness. Speaking of learning how to finish games, that stat is unbelievable. Uh, that stat alone is enough to get your strength and conditioning coaches fired. Goodness gracious eight straight when you've had a lead wow so yes david you are dead on uh learn how to finish these games it's coming I, it's it's coming i like i said I've, i we said all week there's no moral victories but asked in the offseason what were my expectations for this team competency look competent out there that's the the sole expectation i have wins and losses now let's see let's see how that shakes out uh, what have I predicted? That's different than what I expect. I expected to see competency. I saw that. That expectation's been met. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Usually the biggest leap you make is from week one to week two. We'll see how that goes. You got the right group coming in right now in the Washington Commanders. Denver Luke says, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you as well. Um, Tyler Brooks is in the house. Good morning, Tyler. He says, good morning, uh, making homemade noodles for customers with my mom here. Well, that's cool. Uh, what's the most positive take from this year's team? The most positive take. Let me take a sip on some Lion Coffee here. 
while I think about that. The most positive take from this year's team. Oh, see, if you're a cynic like me, I might start looking at the availability of salary cap after the next season that you've got contract flexibility with some of your underperforming players. Um, the most positive storyline for me for this entire year is Javante Williams. Forget everything else that Javante Williams is back and playing. That is the single most good news moment so far for the Denver Broncos. So if I'm doing a, a good news post, my good news for this team right now is Javante Williams is back. He looks great. And that to me is a freaking miracle. So that's part of it for me. Jay Roper coming in. He says, Shh, howdy. Howdy to you too as well. Donald coming in. He says, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Broncos country. Jeremy's in the house. So it'll be interesting to see as we go from week one to week two. In the NFL, week one is usually pretty weird. It it was definitely weird. And it's it's the overreaction season. It's not quite as bad in NFL as it used to be in college when you could lose one game and your season would be over, you know, on August 30th. Um, but definitely, um, definitely it was a little interesting for sure. And, and you know, the big storyline coming out of week one for me, unfortunately, was Aaron Rodgers. Um, I was very interested to watch that storyline uh, and to see it unfold, see how he did with that team. Um, you know, he had a down year for him last year but you know could he come back good team in new york i'm not making a hot take here or anything that's not the same team without aaron Rodgers with with zach wilson we'll see what they do at quarterback they're throwing some um some names around kevin says i forgot nick is hacking oh he might be hiking i know what you meant uh good morning kevin um let me see here let me scroll down here's a new name that's in christiano rodan coming in um, good morning, Scott and Broncos country. Still mourning that tough loss. Get over it, dude. It's Thursday. It's game day. We got football tonight. No, I'm teasing. You take as long as you need, as long as you need. But uh, I'm looking forward to some football tonight. Um, watching NFL, watching some junior varsity, watching some junior varsity high school. So I am looking forward to tonight. Um, want to scroll down. I'm gonna, I'm unfortunately, I don't want to spend the entire uh time we have here saying hello, but I'm definitely gonna get to Troy here who comes in with a super chat nice and early. He says, good morning, Scott. Do you think we unleash the pass rush this week instead of understandably playing run first against Jacobs? How much of a difference will Judy make? Have a great show. You know, this, this is a really, really interesting question, Troy, because how do you play against a defense that doesn't, against an offense that doesn't really scare you? I might be more, it would be impossibly more conservative. They did blitz a lot. I might be more apt to think that I'm going to back off a little bit, not let you beat me with the pass because your run game doesn't scare me. So if I take away the pass with my scheme, I'm scheming to take something away. That's what you do. You can't take everything away when you're scheming. My scheme and my game plan going in is to take away the quick passing game at the beginning and make you beat me with the run. So I've got you in second and eight, second and nine, which turns into third and eight, third and nine, if you throw in a completion then. Then maybe I get a little bit more aggressive on third and long. The key here, though, is the, the question you're going to have to ask that the Vance Joseph and Sean Payton are going to have to ask is, can I take away the Washington Commanders running game with base? Do I have to scheme away the running? I don't think you have to. You start looking at your Brian Robinson's a decent back, but he averaged three yards a carry. Uh, he had 19 carries, 59 yards, and after that, it gets it gets pretty light. Uh, they only had 92 yards, 
11 of them came against Sam out from Sam Howell in scrambles their quarterback. But the other part of this is Sam Howell's making what his second start. He was a, a later round, at least day two. I don't remember for sure, but he wasn't a, a highly touted prospect. He, when they announced, Oh, we're going with Sam Howell. I'm like, okay, well they're tossing in the season. This is, this is not a quarterback of the future for me. I could be wrong. Of course, obviously. Uh, but I would play not to give up big plays in this one and see if they can beat you. I don't think they can string together 10, 11 play drives the way that the, the Raiders could with a, a much better group of weapons on offense. Uh, again, that's not a hot take. When I got Josh Jacobs, uh, Jimmy G over Sam Howell, and I got Devontae Adams over Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, uh, Terry McLaurin, who uh, is back and healthy, et cetera, et cetera. The Raiders have a better set of weapons than than the Commanders. I can afford to play a little bit more conservatively against the Commanders and see, can you string together a 12-play drive against me and keep the ball for eight minutes at a time? I don't think they can. So it will that that is a, a very great, it's a great question and a key to the game coming in on this one. Uh Quentin Caldwell come in with another super. Thank you, my friend. Says good morning, everybody. We definitely need the win against the commanders. There's an understatement. My goodness. O-line has a job to do with that commander's D-line. I'd love to have at least one of those guys on our defense. Uh, let me get a name for you here as I as I break this this uh comment down, Quentin. Uh, we definitely need a win against the commanders. Yeah, 0-2 with two home losses as two home favorites. And you're asking some tough questions. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. You're asking questions like, all right, <laughs> if I'm the general manager, I'm already packing my bags. Um, but you're 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 never going to give up on the season as coaches. It's just not in their nature. And the players, not necessarily either, but coaches do not coaches do not tank. Front offices might tank. They might look for the bigger, but but coaches just not in their nature to pack it, and they're going to be coaching their asses off every week. But you start asking some hard questions off the field if you go zero and two. We can get into that, but you you this. If there's ever a must-win game in week two, man, this is it. This is it. You you go 0-2 on this one with the, the slate of games that are scheduled coming up. 0-2 can turn into 1-6, and 2-7 in a hurry. In a hurry. And that's uh that's a little bit scary. Um climbing down in here, I want to say, let me let me open up my Facebook groups here real quick, uh, so I can I can check in on y'all as well. Uh bear with me just one second. Usually I background for someone else but you know the reason why i want to do this is because my guy michael ronquillo is coming with stars and i want to say thank you for that and make sure i get to see that uh coming in so i have to open up facebook to see that so thank you very much michael your support every day through the week you've stepped it up in september again like you always do um this is a guy who knows how to finish games uh, michael appreciate it. he says good morning scott on broncos for breakfast go broncos uh, and and Buckham and again, thank you for your support. Coming in with 500 stars over there on on Facebook. Um, let me see here. Um, Jeff Hollick is not in a good mood today. So we just lost to Jimmy G. We will lose to Howell. Uh, we suck. It's time to blow the roster up and rebuild. You might not be wrong. It's uh, it's you know a certainly a negative outlook on things, but it doesn't mean you're wrong. Um, you could lose to Sam Howell. You, it might be time to blow up this roster. Might be. I'm not saying it is. I want to see some more. Let's get through this game. One week at a time, y'all. One week at a time. You win this one. You're one and one. Let's move on to the next one. Start stringing a couple together. But again, going back to the top of the show, uh, you know, when David said, I want to learn how to finish games. When you're 0-8 with a halftime lead, that's that's a culture change that needs to happen. And it's been one game into the Sean Payton tenure. But I mentioned on Tuesday or Monday, they start running together, that for me, the big point in that game, we can talk EPA, DVOA, and all this NCAA stuff. To me, it boiled down to, you can talk kickers. To me, if I'm going to be a winning team, I've got to put it in the end zone first and goal at the eight with a one score lead. When a three point lead, you punch that one in, the game's over. No ifs, ands, or buts, it's over. I'm an offensive coach. I've got all of this money tied up into my offensive line, all this money tied up into my quarterback. Uh, I've got to score a touchdown there. Have to. As soon as you didn't score with the looming karma of a miss extra point, you could almost write it up like, uh-oh, 16 to 10, and you're giving them the ball back. I've seen this play before. Um, that one becomes um, um, a little bit – to me, that's where you've got to finish. You've got to finish the game. Um, that was the big one for me. 
Uh, we can talk individuals, and I'll be happy to get into individuals as we move along. Um, but for me, that was the the turning point of the game. Um, Mark Schrader coming in. He says, uh, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you. It is good to see you. What is your take on Sanders not being a part of things last week? Uh, Mark, my question would probably end up being, you know, where was he really supposed to get in? Uh, you know, your eye test tells you that Alex Singleton, for me, was not, not the best player on the field, but the most active. The best player on the field was Pat Sertan. Josie Jewell played okay. Um, they took almost all of the defensive snaps. So I start looking at my edges. Can I put him in? Am I going to put him in as an edge? You know, probably not. So was it too soon for him? Maybe. And Nick and I got into this, Mark, on Tuesday saying, if you could force more third and longs, you might be better taking Josie Jewell off the field at that point and getting the athleticism of, of Drew Sanders out there where I can either use him to rush the passer, use him to match up on a tight end or a running back coming out of the back, backfield and just give him one job. It's like, oh, Josie Jewell, the experience, the smarts, man, if I'm obvious, and that's a phrase that coaches like to use, if I, if I get you obvious, you're third and eight, that's an obvious passing situation. I don't have to be smart. <laughs> Record that one and put that one out there. I don't have to scheme. I don't have to guess. I don't have to rely on experience. I tell my edge, you got one job. Go get the quarterback. Don't worry about protecting the edge. He's not getting nine yards if he gets around you. Go get the QB. I can tell my rookie athletic linebacker, you have two jobs, man up on this guy or blitz or, or, or blitz, go in. So part of that is becoming more obvious. And I promise you, if it wasn't third and short all the time, you would have gotten the ball a hell of a lot more than six times. Another stat I looked up uh, this week about just how crazy it was that the, the Broncos only had six possessions. The New Orleans Saints were the other team that won a game by scoring, and I think it was Keith Brugman. So thank you, Keith, who posted this, uh, who just showed up in the chat too. So good morning. Uh, I think Keith is the one that said there was only one other team that scored under 17 points and one or scored, uh, yeah, 17 or under and one, and it was the Saints. The Saints had seven possessions. I think they have scored 16 and one. They had seven possessions in the first half. In the first half, they had seven possessions. The Broncos only had six the whole game and managed 16 points. So when we start saying, I see people say, you know, this isn't, this isn't hard. We held them to 17. We only scored 16. You can't win scoring 16. Okay. I, I get that. You're right. You need to score more points, but the offense was doing a decent job when they got the ball. You you do need to score more points. That's not necessarily on the back of the offense. Seven possessions in the first half for the saints, six possessions all game for the Denver Broncos. Double the possessions, double the points, right? That's pretty easy math. So, again, getting them obvious, getting them obvious will help your pass rush, third and longs, will help you get pressure on the quarterback, gives you a chance to have Sanders out there um, to use his athleticism where I'm not worried about run pass options, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's a very the good question, Mark. Appreciate you out there. Um, let me see here. Uh, Keith, I just mentioned Keith was in here. 
What were your thoughts on Sean Payton making the call to start the season with an onside kick? In my opinion, it was terrible. It was risky. Um, my immediate thought on that, Keith, was listening to the crowd react. I thought it was kind of, it was, to me, I call it a statement of intent. When I heard the crowd react to that onside kick when they thought they got it, that place was rocking. Even when they didn't get it, as soon as they came back out on offense, the place was loud, was super loud. To me, it was like, hey, fans, get out of your damn seats because we're here to play. Didn't work out. That's okay. Um, should I be able to stop a team? And especially if you know it's coming in, turnovers. You see quick turnarounds on turnovers all the time because the defense isn't mentally there. Like, we just got off the field. Wait a minute, we're going back out? Teams go down and score all the time. This one's more planned. Like, defense, you might be getting out there. You might get the ball on the on the 40. Be ready. It's a little bit different. I didn't mind it too much. Um, but you can point, you know, I can talk about offense and putting the game away first and goal at the eight. And if you were to turn around and say, no, no, Scott, it was special teams, I wouldn't argue with you. It was special teams that cost this game. Um, a 55-yard kick is difficult, but it's makeable in Denver in decent weather. Um, you know, I don't, I know it was raining some, but it, that, that's a makeable kick. That's like a 45 to 48 yarder in most places. It's makeable and extra points. There's no excuse. There's, there's no excuse for mixing extra points. Um, those have to be made 100 times out of 100. Um, so you could sell me special teams and I'd listen, I, I'd listen for sure. But I, I wouldn't say terrible. Um, I see the positives behind it and I saw some positives behind it, including how Broncos country reacted to it. So I, uh, I didn't, I didn't mind it terribly. Um, Raul disagrees. Um, that feels like a newer name when I want to say hello as I come down. Here we go. Uh, Raul, that feels like a newer name. I'm not positive on that. And he goes, so it was a dumb move. I, I see that argument again. Um, you'll know if I vehemently disagree with something you'll, you'll know. Um, but I see both sides of this and I lean towards, would I have done it? No. Do I understand it? Yeah, I do. I, I I wasn't, it wasn't one of those things that I'm going to be, you know, rattling and shaking my head over. One of those things that I am going to is not scoring a touchdown on first and goal at the eight when you've got all the momentum. Another thing that I'm going to do that to is Randy Gregory. Your big dollar, and it's not as big as people start saying, you know, I'm listening, I hear, oh, you pay him $50 million. No, no, no. Randy Gregory has a two-year, $26 million contract with a club option. Right now, you will have paid Randy Gregory two years, $26 million, and he'll be looking for work next year. That's the path that he's on. But it's still an eight-figure deal for an edge guy who finished the game with one assist and was getting, getting the term I use is stoned all the time. And that's just so bad for... Denver Bronco Randy Gregory to say he's getting stoned at the line of scrimmage. I know how that sounds, but he's getting stood up at the line of scrimmage by a backup right tackle in passing situations on back to back to back plays before the starters even in there at right tackle. That's bad. You know, if you're going to spend money on those, these guys, they have to produce my God, an assist. You had an assist. That's one that I will call out as, Hey, yeah, that's a big problem. Onside kick? No, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it. Does it bother me as much as Randy Gregory getting an assist? Yeah, no, that bothers me a lot more on that one. So 
that's one of those things. Um, let me scroll down here on the chat a little bit. Uh, Mark says, I would watch it if he could refrain from drinking coffee. Nope. I, I understand that, Mark. Part of that also is if I don't drink something while I'm talking, my voice will give out. <laughs> um, so I understand it. It's a it's a necessity. It's either that or I'm chewing on you know one of these, which gets annoying too. But my voice will give out doing this solo for 45 minutes. Um, and then when I do the audio, so if you want to listen later, I look for the pauses in the audio and I cut those gaps out because I can see them. But I, I understand. I understand. Normally we get to do two of us up here. But uh, dude, if I'm not drinking coffee up here, I'm going to last about six minutes and then I'm going to start you know sounding a little hoarse. So that's part of it as well, my friend, but I understand. I understand. Uh, Isaiah comes in. He has a good question. He says, who steps in for Caden? I think we know the, the answer on that one. Uh, Kareem Jackson. Um, if I look at the Denver defense and total snaps, uh, and I sort by total snaps, Kareem Jackson had 55 of the 59 defensive snaps. So he was out there. Well, Caden Stearns went down quickly. He went down. He only had two. So we don't know how much he would have been out there, but the answer is Kareem Jackson um, is going to going to uh, step up for him. Um, and Isaac has another good point. He says, Damari got cooked. Yeah, that was a problem. Do I have a problem with Damari Mathis being out there, though? Do you have matchup problems? Do you have bad games, or do you have bad decisions? So Damari Mathis getting cooked, could you have helped him out a little bit more? Maybe. Do I blame Damari Mathis on that? He needs to be better, obviously. Um, predetermined decisions bother me more than, you know, Damari Mathis, uh, having a bad game. He needed some help. Maybe he would have gotten a little bit more with Caden Stearns. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure on that one. Um, <laughs> Caterade says not something you'd smack your head to. Yeah, no bang. I don't want to turn it bright red. Uh, SMH. Um, let me see here. I want to go through on this a little bit. I've got some things I want to talk to, but I want to make sure I'm hitting. Um, here's a decent question. Uh, is Lloyd Cushenberry plating good enough for people to eat crow? No, K-Hop. He was okay. Um, he wasn't the worst. I mean, the thing is the bar has been set so low, K-Hop, for Lloyd Cushenberry that just being okay is a marked improvement. If if you look at the the... He had a couple plays where he was tossed backwards fairly obviously. And then, so I think it was on the first touchdown, linebacker came through and just sent him into the, the backfield. It's like, oh, that looks like the Lloyd Cushenberry I remember. The very next play, he stood straight up with a defensive tackle and held his ground. Okay, good. Touchdown. All right. So more of those, less of the former. Um if you're into pro football focus grades for, for that type of thing, I think he was rated in the eighties, which is about what he's been through the years. Fifties. Um, I meant not eighties, eighties would be great. Lloyd Cushenberry was a 58.5 pass blocking grade of 74.5 and a run block grade of 51.8. Um, he was okay, but we've talked about okay. Being improvement that if he's just average, He's no longer a liability. Is he someone that I'm going into next year thinking I have to resign, or am I still looking to try and find a replacement? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, no, um, not necessarily going to uh, to eat crow. Sammy says, I look like I'm stoned. You look like you're stoned. 
No, uh, I'm trying to get that caffeinated bliss on though. But you know, I got I got 26 years of sobriety coming up. So every once in a while, I wish I could sleep a little better and might partake. But no, it's uh, it's it's the caffeine for me, and then just old. I, I I'm just old. Uh, apologies. <laughs> um, let me see here. I want to go down a little bit. Uh, Mr. Scary says, can someone please tell me how ESPN's power rankings has the Broncos below the Giants after they had a 40 burger dropped on them and we lost by one? Yeah, the 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 Giants dropped a good ways. I think they dropped nine spots. The one I looked at at the beginning of the week was the NFL.com. And they were at home, national TV. And the one, the one Mr. Scary that I don't ever really understand, and I, I used to complain about this with, with – uh, college football rankings and that's kind of what those are power rankings college football rankings are very similar to power rankings and if i got beat by a team i was supposed to lose to why did you drop me in the rankings if i'm number 26 and i play number number one and i get beat by 14 points why do i go from 26 to 35 i was supposed to get beat the giants were like a one or two point underdog i looked this up on monday we're like a one or two point underdog and they got beat by 40 at home and looked bad doing it. Um, yeah, they should have dropped a little bit more. You know, meanwhile, a team like uh, the Colts did better than most people expected against AFC South champion in a game they were supposed to lose and they fell from 29 to 30. I'm like, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to take the time to come up with these opinions, I'm going to take the time to critique them and give my own and see what we have to say. Um, yeah, and uh, and Jeremy says, trying to justify a random power ranking is a fool's errand. I get that too. And String Guy says, it's okay. The Broncos are horse. Yes, pun intended. Um, I get it. There's a big horse. Bombing. Shoot, we're already 30 minutes into this thing. We're going strong. We're still, we're still going. So, um, I appreciate y'all. Um, Gary Palmer comes in and says, good morning, Scott. Thank you so much for the super, my friend. He says, no observations. I just need a win. Uh, if we're not winning, then let's blow it up and start over. Tired of promises. Go Broncos and buck them. That blow it up button is right there. Um, we've talked about that a lot going into the season. After the season you had last year with the extensions, and everything. So we talked about that a lot during the off season. Um, the big contracts that you can get out from under starting next year. Now there's a couple that balloon. Um, some of the new guys, they balloon pretty well. Uh, ben Powers, his balloons. Um, Mike McGlinchey, his cap number balloons. Russell Wilson, you're going to have to find some money. If you have to move on from him, you're going to eat a big dead cap number. But Justin Simmons' number becomes really manageable. Garrett Bowles, he ain't coming back on that contract. Now, when you can save $16 million by restructuring and or moving on from him. Garrett Bowles' contract. Tim Patrick's contract, unfortunately for him. Uh, Cortland Sutton's contract. Those are all big dollar contracts that you can move on from. Um, let me look at the the rankings of the look at the rankings of the uh the cap hits right now. And you got Russell Wilson is one, Cortland Sutton two, Justin Simmons three, Garrett Bowles four, Randy Gregory five. Um, 
four of those five you can save a bunch of money on next year. And those are your your and your sixth player with a cap hit over $10 million is then DJ Jones. I bet DJ Jones is get some flexibility coming out of next year, too. Yeah, his cap hit goes from 13 to three next year. So the way he's been playing, that makes for a restructure candidate to me. You want to keep him. So we talk about why don't you just restructure guys? Just restructure, just restructure. Well, in order to restructure, you have to have the threat of cutting them, which if they have a big dead cap number, you really don't. Or you want to have, you want to keep them longer. I want to put them longer on my my contract. So why don't we just restructure Wilson? That's what he would do. No, he wouldn't. They still get paid. Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract and pushed it into three extra void years. If the if the if the Jets tried to move on from Aaron Rodgers right now, I think it'd cost him eighty million dollars. The best thing that could happen for them is to retire for him to retire. That is a possibility. I don't see that for Russell Wilson. So getting back to uh, where can you get some of this cap room to blow it up? There you go. Well, we can't lose this guy. We can't lose that guy. We can't. Why not? Why not? You, you tell me which guy that I just mentioned that's been on the team for years and years that has a winning record with the Denver Broncos. And there ain't anybody that's untouchable, except maybe Pat Sertan. And even then, everybody's got a price. You want to come to me with three first-round draft picks? I'll listen um, for sure. So it's going to be really, really interesting. There's going to be a lot. Whoever's the general manager next year, whether it's George Payton or someone else, there's going to be a lot of work to be done with the guys who are under contract, making those decisions, restructures, and then hitting free agency. Lots of stuff going on. Um, I think I've hit a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about already. I had um, Randy Gregory. I hit on him. Um, and then a couple of the injuries I wanted to talk about was Jerry Judy. I thought it was very interesting how close Jerry Judy was to playing last weekend. He went through uh, you know, a pregame workout. If you're good, you're going. Uh, that was one of the things that, that Sean Payton revealed uh, yesterday at his press conference. That, to me, means we should see him this week. Uh, unless he's had an aggravation, if he was that close and he took care of it from one week to the next, he should be good to go this week. Greg Dulcich was not placed on the short-term IR. That's good news. Doesn't mean it still can't happen, but if they're going to do it, they need to do it quickly. Um, I don't expect to see him this week, but uh, I do expect to see Jerry Judy this week. Um, and that is very good news. I'm very, very interested to, to see that. Keith has a good question. Uh, this is bigger draft priority center or tackle. Depends on Garrett Bowles. We just talked a lot of, uh, a little bit about that. Is Garrett Bowles one who would... Now, I could give him some more. Do you want to extend him for three? Do you want him counting against your books for three more years? Or do you like the idea of, yeah, I can get $16 million back on my, you know, on my uh, salary cap and maybe draft a tackle. I, I think long-term tackle is definitely the uh, the answer here. And one of the reasons it's definitely a priority is because the you haven't drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles. That's insane. That's insanity. Um, centers are easier to get. You can, I can, I can get both. I should be able to, for the first round pick and a third round pick, I should be able to get both. So, um, bigger draft priority for me is tackle just because you have to put some premium resources behind it to get one. And if you want to have one, even if you want to keep Garrett Bowles, you know, Garrett Bowles is getting older. 
you know, he's, he's got some, some years behind him. He's how much longer can he, is he going to be around? He's he'll be 32 next year, two, three more years. You better start thinking about it for sure. Um, Angel Roca says, Sean needs to give Russ some more downfield opportunities. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, definitely needs to work that way. Got to, got to loosen up. If you're going to run the ball, you, you don't want to face 11 in the box. And this Washington defense, their defensive front is really good. The backside of things, not the same. So they will be more vulnerable in the passing game. And I would love to see Jerry Judy involved. I'd love to see Marvin Mendes involved. Uh, get those guys, get some quicks, maybe get single coverage on Cortland Sutton. If I see that, throw it deep. Let, let's see if, if Cortland Sutton can go up and get it. Um, Holt Lex Park coming in. I don't, hopefully he's behaving himself. I don't mind if people come in and have uh, things to say as long as they're fairly polite about it. This is the commander's defense will destroy Denver. Maybe, um, maybe, but the Arizona Cardinals who look pretty good in the preseason against Denver sacked Sam Howell six times. Washington only got to Joshua Dobbs three. Um, these are two teams I think are being considered for possible number one, number two overall picks next year. The Arizona Cardinals and uh, and Washington Commanders and the Cardinals, who are underdogs in all seventeen games this year, made it interesting. Made it interesting for sure. Um, and they only say, you know, just real quick on this: the Commanders' offense is better than the Raiders. We'll see. Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. But it, it, they might be. Again, I'm not going to argue with you on this one. I will just say. I disagree, and we'll find out. I'd, I'd rather have Jimmy G, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs as as my three-headed monster um, than Sam Howell. And, and to, I, I love Terry McLaurin. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great. But um, I, I think Jimmy G's kind of an underrated quarterback. Um, not very well-liked, um, especially now that he's a Raider. But I, I think he is underrated for what he's done in his career, which is win, 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 win. Put that all in Shanahan, fine. But you want to talk about knowing how to win games. The man has won 75% of his starts. That's that's not bad. Um, let me see if there's any last things we've got to um, kind of go. Here's a question. Roder Cook says, who gets Caleb Williams? Arizona. Arizona Cardinals uh, end up with the number one pick. But, but the NFL and NCAA are going to find themselves in competition more and more often. If Arizona finishes 0-17 or with the number one overall pick, Caleb Williams could stay at USC and make just as much money as a first-round draft pick. The answer to this question, who gets Caleb Williams, might be the USC Trojans. Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, on that note, we've been here just about 40 minutes or so. Let me let me scroll, let me scroll to the bottom and see if there's any uh, anything here that's burning here before it's too long. Otherwise, I think I'm probably going to get out of here. Um, and we'll get ready for Thursday night football and, and, uh, the priests will be back tonight to, uh, to preview the game, uh, much more in depth than I'm able to do on my own. Uh, so let me see here. <laughs> DS wants to say, I swear if Mims has less than five targets. Yeah. Part of that's having the ball, you know, getting plenty of plays. Um, string guy asks, so you're keeping Russ for how many more years, Scott? Ooh. Good question. Um, talking about those numbers, it starts to make much more sense to move on from him following the 20, oh God, the 2025 season, following 2023. If I were to make a move 
if if I had to blow things up, you'd be better off keeping him and not playing him than you would trying to to move him unless you can get a trade. But who's going to take if he's not playing well, you can't get anybody to take his money. His cap hit for 2024, his dead cap hit is $85 million. Trying to get out from under that is insanity when he's got a $35 million cap hit. You're much better making him inactive and having him as a $35 million cap hit and then cutting him the next year, moving on from him the next year. Um, but his contract, his contract then guarantees a certain amount of money for 2025 but it's still less. It starts becoming a little bit more even where you're cap neutral. He still has a $50 million dead cap hit in 2025. You've, you've got to get a return on Russell Wilson if you're going to do anything in the next three years. You have to. Have to. Financially, you've got too many resources tied up. No talk about as a quarterback the most important position in the NFL. It is. But you've got so many resources tied up in your quarterback that if you don't get a return on that, it, you're just crippled. You're going out there. Uh, with one arm tied behind your back, unfortunately. Uh, score predictions. That's a pretty good, a pretty good uh, comment here. Score predictions. I think there'll be more points a little bit this one. I, I, I do think the Broncos win this one comfortably. And uh, apologies to uh, Holt, uh, our friend here from our Washington fan, is you know very, very confident in his predictions. I just, I'm not a fan of the Washington Commanders. Uh, roster right now. I think they're in a rebuilding process and I'm glad I'm happy for guys like Holt and the Washington Commanders fans that they have a new ownership because they're, they were never going to move to another level while they had Daniel Snyder. Uh, so that they've got new ownership is good for the franchise. Good for them. I just don't think they're there yet. So I'm going to go somewhere in the neighborhood of 27, 17. That's uh, I think that would be the over and the cover for the Denver Broncos. And I like uh, that will be my prediction. I like the Broncos to win this one at home against a commander's team that is kind of in transition for that one. Uh, Aki Dragon has 16 to 13. Me and Michael Ronquillo were pretty close. Um, Nick Klinger says, Broncos baby Buckham. New to the show. Thanks for all y'all do. Nick, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Uh, certainly appreciate it. Um, let me see. And I think that's going to just about do it for us. Michael Ranquillo came in to close us out. Uh, here's I can't help but answer some of these questions because I love them. Um, Facebook user, I'm not sure if this is Benjamin or Ernie or one of the Facebook users that come in on, on that other channel. You think Peyton is regretting shipping off Albert Okwebenam? No, I don't. Um, it, you're always a little bit worried about this stuff, but... but Albert O had his chances with three different coaching staffs. He had his chances and he wasn't able to get on the field. Didn't play a snap of special teams, uh, was considered surplus to requirements from three different coaches. Uh, so you can blame, Oh, he was great when, you know, as soon as Hag was gone. No, he, he wasn't, he was okay. I just, I, there's a phrase I've used and y'all heard me say it before. If you're, if you're not new to the show is the, you, you can't measure someone's heart. That's an old phrase. We get that one. When I was scouting, I always say I had an amendment to that. It was like, but you can damn sure tell if he's got one or not. Watch how a player acts when he doesn't have the ball. Watch them play special teams. Watch them do their jobs when they're not involved. Are they running balls out on their routes? Um, are they blocking? If, if you got two back, in a kick return? Are they going headfirst into to block for the guy that, that got the ball? If you're a tight end, who's a primary, are you, are you running out your assignments? Are you blocking? 
I got a feeling I know the answer to that one after after uh, Alberto, and it just it, it wasn't going to happen for him in Denver. It just he got too comfortable, and he he needed a fresh start where needed to say, listen, either get it to get it together, or you're going to be out of the league. Um, Seth coming in, appreciate you, Seth. Uh, says the Broncos have to stop uh, Johan Dotson. Uh, he's better than uh, Jacoby Myers. I think you're right on that one too. Um, is Devonte Adams better than uh, Terry McLaurin? Yeah, probably. You know the overall weapons, but um, yeah, you've got to stop the number two, the number two receiver here. Riley Moss was limited in practice, so he was a participant. He's been been playing. That will help. And then you you have to count on Damari Mathis not being as bad as he was last week. We've seen him have bad games and bounce back. Grover coming in. Says, wanted to send a quick shout out and love. Thanks, Scott. Even though my fills suffer at the hands of your Braves. Uh, it's been reversed before, too. They go back and forth. A couple of, you know, fills have a, a big money team. And this this Braves team's, they're pretty special to watch right now. This is, I've been a fan for, I've seen a lot of good Braves teams. I've seen a lot of bad Braves teams. This is as good a Braves team as I've ever seen. Uh, top to bottom, back to front, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one to nine through the lineup. They're they're fun to watch. Uh, and I appreciate you sending the love and getting us through. Uh, I said Michael was going to close us out with the stars, but Ethan's going to close us out, and then we're going to get out of here. It says, great show, Scott, and Broncos country. Have a great weekend. Go Broncos. Hope everyone is doing well. I hope everybody has a safe and fantastic weekend and enjoys your football. Uh, I will see y'all tonight. I should be in the chat tonight uh, helping to produce the Mile High Huddle podcast with your priests. And I will be back on Sunday in the show where we can hopefully talk for your sake and your mental health, a Broncos win. And because I picked them to win, I root for me. Let's be honest. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for those that contributed. Michael, Troy, Quentin, Gary, Seth, Grover, Ethan. Love y'all. Uh, hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>